0: Stu is, uh, Stu is with us today in mm-hmm. spirit. Um, sort of. Yeah. Congratulations on uh, the Eagles mm-hmm. being the Eagles
1: uh, losing to the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was rough. Uh, however, uh-huh. uh, every one of their players is in intensive care. Uh-huh. So I felt a little <laughs> bit less worse than normal right. about okay. it. Okay. All but, right. Uh, well, I'll yeah. try to make you feel worse. Okay. Good. Okay, good. Um,
0: all right. New hair. New hair. If you want new hair, mm-hmm. you might want to check out keeps and their hair loss treatment um sixty six percent of men will experience hair regrowth with keeps losing your hair really sucks keeps k e e p s dot com slash save They offer generic versions of the only two FDA-approved lost hair products out there. Generic versions that are going to save you a bundle. So go to Keeps right now. Go to Keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save and get your first order of Keeps hair loss treatment for 50% off. That's 50% off. Again, 66% of men are going to experience hair regrowth with Keeps. So go to Keeps dot com slash save.
2: of entertainment and enlightenment.
0: Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. A new decade, ready to go. Uh, a lot has happened. Uh, the whole Iran thing, World War III, a draft is coming. Let's have some perspective here. And this is coming from me with Iran Let's have some perspective here. I'll give you that. Ricky Gervais. Also, Epstein didn't kill himself. 60 Minutes report last night. That and so much more in one minute.
2: This is the Glenbeck Program.
0: All right. Welcome to a new year. A new year, a whole bunch of resolutions. We will find an excuse so we don't have to worry about them. One resolution you may want to actually keep is adding more money to your budget, and it is possible, more possible than you might think. The salary-based mortgage consultants over at American Financing can help lower your interest rate or access cash to pay off high interest debt, and you could save up to a thousand dollars a month or more. So what's this last year like? Did you pay off some debts? Did you add to your savings? Interest rates are really, really good now, and if you are a responsible person fiscally, you might find that 10-minute call to American Financing changes your life. I can't stress it enough. Only 10 minutes out of your day, the American uh, Financing Group, which is family-owned, it's a mortgage company that's been helping people for over 20 years, they are the real deal, and they will help you save. Some customers are saving up to $1,000 a month, sometimes more, They have, uh, you know, five-star A-plus rating with the BBB, over 4,000 great Google reviews. So don't wait. Call them right now. American Financing, 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So let's let's start here with just a a brief recap of uh, we're going to war. It's World War Three. Maybe, maybe not. Let's uh, let's let's not count our chickens before they hatch here. Um, Let's talk a little bit here. I'm going to next hour really get into who is this guy that we killed? Why did we kill him? What do we know about him? What? was this just something that, you know, Donald Trump did, just half-cocked? Or perhaps is this something that was coming for a long time, and yet no one seemed to understand the signs that Donald Trump was showing, starting, oh, I don't know, maybe last spring. I'll give you that coming up in an hour. But let me just say this. World War Three. I don't think so, unless... Uh, Iran really goes to town and I think the only place that they would really go to town uh, and let everybody know it is Israel they might let missiles fly to Israel and destroy Tel Aviv that's what they're, they're talking about now if they do that they are betting that that will awaken the Arab world and the Arab world would unite in a caliphate behind them that is a possibility. Wash the world in blood. However, I don't think that they would take on America knowingly. So, in other words, them sending a missile, you know, from a ship off the, off our coast or whatever, uh, or you know, blowing up the presidential motorcade, or you know, they're threatening the White House. I just don't see them doing that directly as a state. Because we would wipe them off the face of the earth within an hour, they kill our president and Americans. No matter no matter what Hollywood is saying today, who was it that joked? Uh, we'll give it. We'll do it for half price. It was George Lopez that they said, "What was it? Eighty million dollar yeah. bounty on Donald Trump's head." Correct. Yeah. And uh, and um, he came out and said, "Oh, we do it for half that." Really? Would we, George? One thing that does bring Americans together is when you kill our president. Now, um, I don't think that they would do that. However, I do think that they would possibly go after an embassy. That's what they were doing led by this guy. Um, That's what they were doing in, um, in Baghdad, trying to take our embassy. We have a history with Iran taking our embassies. This is the guy, as you will find out next hour, there's a good possibility this is the guy that actually orchestrated Benghazi. So he took over our consulate. Now he's trying to take over our our embassy. No. You can't do that. Um, So what's the retaliation? And what's the solution? Retaliation... We have to wait to see, but it ties into what I'll tell you next hour. Um, uh, World War Three. if it's just us and Iran, we win. And it's not going to be World War Three. If they really believe that they are put in the position now where the caliphate can happen, it would be World War Three we'll give you more in it in just a little while, but there's no draft coming <laughs> this, this it's amazing how the press works. First that Donald Trump is half cocked. No, I I can go back to your own reporting and find out all I need to know about how long this has been coming. Um, but the press is yeah, now trying to scare people into there's a draft coming. No one in the Pentagon wants a draft. No one, no military branch wants a draft. The only way that there would be a draft is if the Democrats insisted on one. Because every conservative and every single person in the Pentagon does not want a draft. Because you don't want somebody watching your back that doesn't give a flying crap and doesn't want to be there.
1: You only want the people there who are prepared to fight and Democrats propose a draft all the time all the time. I mean, it used to be every single year. I yeah. don't know if they're still doing it, but they would propose a draft every single year because you know their little philosophy that you know not enough white people I think are in the on the front lines <laughs> they seem to turn everything into race. But that is a uh, something that the Democrats have been talking about for a very long time. It's not. It's not realistic. I mean, we're not even at war, right? Like this, this is with Iran right now. I mean, we are in a proxy way, and yes, we did have a, m- a very high profile incident. However, that incident was covered under our, our, our efforts in Iraq. Uh-huh. He was in Iraq. Uh, he was yes, he was a high level official he, who was organizing attacks against our troops in the country where we have an authorized mil- military yeah, action. and
0: he's he's also not
1: uh he's not responsive
0: to the people he's not he does not fall under the elected government that's the thing that you have to understand there is an elected government of of iran and then above that there is the supreme council and the supreme council doesn't answer to the elected officials. In fact, they're the ones orchestrating what all of the officials are doing and who can run and who could be a legitimate candidate. So the people have very little say. But this guy in particular, he only answers to the Supreme Council, which is all of the crazy mullahs. He doesn't answer, doesn't have to talk to, doesn't have to report to, doesn't have anything to do with the elected government. So what you're talking about uh, is a guy who is rogue, who's listening to religious zealots, and he's going around the world setting up ways to kill people and to kill Americans, to kill anybody that stands in the way of the Iranian idea of a new caliphate.
1: I love I love how they keep bringing in the, look, we've had intelligence failures before, and, uh, you know, who knows what this has got. This, they're saying there was an imminent attack, and, and there's been these, you know, remember the Iraq war? Uh, you went into that and you had nothing. And it's like, well, I guess theoretically this is possible, but let's investigate this for a second. He's admitted a bunch of this stuff. He keeps going on television and saying he's killing Americans. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, unless he's lying. <laughs> now, you could definitely argue there's a lack of intelligence in admitting these things on television. That's a lack of intelligence, but that's the only one I think we're or dealing with. Or the lack of intelligence in the reporters themselves. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not, They're not even trying, right? No. I mean, you just look for things to to target the Trump administration here this there, there's nobody who's uh, arguing that has any credibility that this guy uh, was not guilty and and was uh, one of the most dangerous people in the world. You can argue lots of things around the process around it. Like, well, did did he call Nancy Pelosi in advance? Well, there, I'm sure that would have worked out well. We would have found this guy. He was he would have been in Acapulco before mm-hmm. before the the missiles started mm-hmm. coming. So I, I don't I don't you can't do that with this administration. They will leak against him on anything, and that
3: he has to be. You
1: have to be uh, guarding that side of it if you're Donald This
0: Trump is what this happens when you can't work together on anything. When there is nothing sacred and it's all about destroying a president. When it's all about destroying a president, that's what you get. The president can't trust you, can't t- talk to you, can't bring you in for advice and counsel, just has to do it without you because he knows that anything he says in private will immediately be leaked if They either disagree with it or think that they can get a political leg up. That's what happens.
1: This is not good. And Trump has to follow the law whether he thinks people are leaking against him anyway. But what he doesn't have to do is follow every little traditional disclosure that friends used to give each other back in the day where they would go out and have drinks. Correct. uh, At the fancy steakhouse after work. He doesn't have to give them that. And that is the only thing they seem to be complaining about. Okay. This all relies on trust, and who do
0: you trust? Well, sixty minutes is now throwing uh i i, I don't I, I mean, they were very careful last night to say, "Well, we don't have all of the facts well if if you weren't comfortable with what you were doing, you shouldn't do it. um but I think they were comfortable in reporting last night. It doesn't look like Jeffrey Epstein was all that sad. Doesn't look like at least... Oh, you didn't read
1: his note. His note was devastating. Really? Oh, my gosh. This guy that. was on the... The note The note won me over. Definite suicide. Really? I mean, the things he was going through. Mm-hmm. I, I, I almost feel that we shouldn't tell the audience because it may make them so sad that they all hang themselves. Well... I'm going to risk
0: that, Oh. and we'll go over what happened on 60 Minutes last night. Oh, and Ricky Gervais, oh, he remains my hero. He's, I love him. He legitimately does not care. No.
1: it's he's, I don't you know, know how he gets is? away with
0: it, but it's awesome. He's Imus. Man. He's Imus. Yeah. Uh, all right. Running a business, a lot like being asked to juggle a bunch of flaming bowling pins and cats. I mean, not that the cats are on fire. Generally, someone is throwing darts at you while you're doing it at the same time. Point is, if you have a company and you don't know all of your numbers, you don't know your business, you need a dashboard, something that can unite all of your departments under one software program. So they're all talking to each other and feeding each other the valuable data that is so vital to running the business. That's why you should check out NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud-based business management software that gives you the visibility and control that you need to grow. And with NetSuite, you save time, money, and unnecessary headaches by managing sales, finance, accounting, orders, HR, instantly, all of it, from your desktop or phone take it from me having a dashboard can save your business try NetSuite today schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash back that's netsuite.com slash back set your free demo up and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash back we break for 10 seconds station ID All right, so let's, uh, let's go through what happened last night on uh, 60 Minutes with uh, Jeffrey
1: Epstein. Yeah, it's interesting because really this story was out there for such a long time. Conservatives complained about it for years and years and years that Jeffrey Epstein was, you know, the normal target was Bill Clinton that he was hanging out with. And nobody in the media cared about this story. Nope. Eventually we got to a point in which the guy who gave the sweetheart deal to Epstein— was in the Trump administration. And at that point, thousands of reporters swamped to the scene mm-hmm. uh, to figure out exactly what happened. And some of the reporting, honestly, has been really, really good. I mean, the Miami Herald probably at the top excellent. of that list, but there's been some excellent reporting on this. And now, you know, it does seem like the journalists have crossed the line as, you know, now they care about I'm not the sure it
0: was all of the journalists. I think some of the journalists did care. I think it was all of their bosses yeah. either didn't care yep, or fair. were being told not to care.
1: We know this with the James O'Keefe story, yeah. uh, where they were able to get the one reporter who, you know, was complaining about not being yeah, able to get the sto- yeah, story out. You know, years ago. Yeah, so, NBC. We know that as well. So the so sixty Minutes runs a big thing on you know, basically did Jeffrey Epstein kill himself? And one of the guests they have on is a guy who was uh, he was a uh, a. A doctor who was paid by Epstein's brother to figure out the truth. So realize that there's a motivation here in to telling you that Jeffrey Epstein didn't right, kill but himself. But he is
0: also a credible witness. But a credible done, guy. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. done
1: many, many
0: uh, of these. And uh,
1: he's very credible. So, uh, Sarah, I think we have one clip from Mike here on, uh, on from N- Doctor Michael Bowden is his name. Um, He is, or Baden, I believe it is. Um, He was a, uh, this is the guy who was paid by the Epstein family to kind of figure out, look
4: into what really happened here. Uh, Let's listen.
1: Do you think there was foul play here?
4: The forensic evidence released so far, including autopsy, point much more to murder and strangulation than the suicide and suicidal hanging. I hesitate to make a final opinion until all the evidence is in. People will say, well... You're being paid by Mark Epstein, so of course you're
1: going to say that something suspicious is going on.
4: That's a reasonable thing for some people to think. But our job is to find what the truth is, just to find out whether it's a homicide or a suicide. Uh, we uh, still haven't gotten all the information. And This is not a guy who had, hadn't dealt with situations like this. Mm-hmm. He had
1: thousands of them. Mm-hmm. Here he is talking about how rare it is to see the types of fractures uh, from Jeffrey Epstein. Listen.
4: I have never seen three fractures like this in a suicidal hanging. Sometimes there's a fracture of the higher bone or a fracture of the thyroid cartilage.
5: But not three.
4: Very unusual to have two mm-hmm. and not three. And going over, over a thousand jail hangings, suicides, in the New York City state prisons over the past 40, 50 years, no one had three fractures Uh, no
1: just no one but just no one out of thousands out of 40 years it's pretty amazing uh they in one of the other points he makes is there they have now these pictures have come out they're pretty graphic of of epstein you you can see close-ups of his neck and a couple things you see like a line of blood essentially on his neck you do not see blood on the noose that was supposedly used at least in the pictures uh, you do not see a point where when you have a, a, typically a hanging, you put the thing around your neck, it sort of slips a little bit, so you'd see almost markings of a slippage, which they did not see. Also, uh, they go into some uh, depth on um, the fractures, which just seem to be completely odd, and the fact that this the pictures are more consistent with a wire, essentially, a wire strangulation than a typical jailhouse hanging uh, of themselves. Um, However, the other evidence presented was pretty compelling as well. Um, And, you know, what do you want to do? You want to come up with a motivation for something like this if it's going to happen. And the motivation was clear in a suicide note. Oh, and the suicide note was incredibly powerful. I mean, you'd kill yourself, too, in this situation. Sure, sure, sure. He makes several points here. Number one, Mm -hmm. uh, Epstein writes, kept me in a locked shower for an hour. So, I mean, look, you, you you molest a few hundred teenagers, you're not going to be, I mean, be 20 minutes in a shower, maybe, but an hour in a shower? Now, I know, freak, first of all, showers are awesome. And and as my wife would tell you, I've taken too many one-hour showers. They're, they're just awesome. However, when you're locked in there against your will for one full hour, that's 60 minutes, also the name of the show mm-hmm, that this happened on. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. That's number Coincidence. one. Coincidence? How about this? Uh, it looks like Noel, who may have been one of the guards, mm-hmm. sent in burnt food. Holy cow! Now the shower, you didn't have me, but
0: now but they're now, burning the food. Burnt food. I'm I'm starting to get sad myself. Yeah. If I'm thinking this
1: is happening to me, right now you're really right. sad. Yeah. The next part: giant bugs crawling on my hands. Now I I I wouldn't. That sounds pretty bad. I don't know exactly what happens. My guess is he wakes up in the middle of the night. There's a cockroach on his hand. He's not used to this activity. Uh, likely uh, he. I don't know a lot of people that are, that are used well, to I, I, that activity. I, but. I did live in a couple of residences early in my life. Yeah, I'm early sure. in my it was life. Not, it was yeah. not so great. Um, however, those three kind of build up. You know, the, the shower for an hour, the burnt food, the bugs on the hands, that's all really bad. But it builds really to the final conclusion, which is typically the thing you would write before you commit an actual suicide, which is no fun, exclamation point, exclamation point. Oh, two of them. two. Two exclamation points no here. No fun. No fun. Now, of course, you go to prison for molesting a bunch of children. You assume it's going to be fun, but not here no fun zero fun not even a little fun he that's specifically the most says ridiculous. no fun that's the most ridiculous suicide note i've ever heard it doesn't see, i mean it looks like a, a couple things he wanted to bring up to his lawyer it has nothing it doesn't look like a suicide note at all like maybe he's whining to his lawyer for better treatment or whatever but that's not a suicide note. Unbelievable. No fun. No fun. <laughs> and th- it almost points to the fact that it wasn't a suicide. Why are you complaining about your conditions if you're about to hang yourself? I, it's well, very unless suspicious. these are the
0: reasons.
1: But those are not, not reasons. <laughs> reasons. No, not reasons. I mean, reasons. maybe the giant bugs. I might kill myself, too, if I had giant bugs all over my hands. But, you know, no fun. It's not going to be fun, bud.
0: You know how every month, in order to pay your phone bill, you have to soften arm and a leg and mail it to the phone company and to everybody else well you may not what you may not know is, in addition to that, a lot of the big cell carriers like verizon and a t and t donate millions of dollars to left wing causes abortion, open borders, so much more so here's another thing you may not know: all the carriers use the same four towers. You know what that means it means that you could get the same great service elsewhere. You could be using Patriot Mobile, the only company that donates a portion of your bill to support conservative causes, religious liberty, life, and the Second Amendment. They use the same towers, so you're going to get the same great service. And prices start at just $25 a month with unlimited talk and text. So go to patriotmobile.com slash Beck and switch right now. When you use the offer code back. You can get a free month of service on your new line, plus free activation. So you can also be, you know, call their U.S.-based customer service, U.S.-based, uh, and vote with your dollars.
1: Do it now. PatriotMobile.com slash Well, I can tell you this. Not having a Blaze TV subscription is no fun, and I don't want you to kill yourself. So go to BlazeTV.com. Use don't the promo code the Glenn toast. for 10 don't bucks burn off. the
4: toast.
0: Yeah, me too. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program, uh, and uh, Mr. Pat Gray, mm-hmm. who is uh, joining us from Pat Gray Unleashed, a podcast which you can hear and download wherever you get your podcasts. Every day, hello, Pat. How hello, Glenn. Uh, Seems like
5: a long time since you've been here. I, I know. know it been six six months, no, something it's like that. Two Seven. weeks. It's been two oh, weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, wow. two weeks. Wow. So, but a lot has happened in those two weeks. Gosh, a lot. Christmas and New Year's and Star Wars and all of that. I was thinking about war.
0: (laughs) But, (laughs) oh, but Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. That's a war. That's that's a war. Yeah. Yeah, I I have a review, by the way, of 1917. If you've wanted to Uh, see this movie. Wait for the review. It's coming up in about uh, an hour from now. Um also won the Golden Globe last night yeah. for Best Picture. I, I I watched it twice, watched it twice, and it's. Uh, I'd say
5: that's a good sign. Generally, a movie <laughs> you hate, you don't go to a second time. Yeah, yeah.
0: So. Uh, this is um, th- this is a really interesting movie. The way it was done, really interesting. Better than Saving Private Ryan. I'll tell you in an hour. No. Right. Uh, Star Wars. Star
5: Wars, I I was blown away because I didn't expect to like it. I loved it. I loved loved it, it. too. I thought it was so satisfying. Here's my my theory. Here's
0: my theory. My daughter came out of it. Now, this is Hannah. And she came out of it and she said, I really liked it, but it was so predictable. And I said, what, I've got a bad feeling about this? All of those things that are in every single movie? Which
1: they could do without.
0: Right. And uh, I said, and she said, no, I mean, you know, the way it ended, blah, blah, blah. And I said, did you like the way it ended? And she said, yes.
1: Do we have spoiler alerts here that we no, should be No, I'm issuing?
0: not going to go into it. Okay. Other than that, She said, yes. And I said, the difference may be that I remember going to the theater on the first one. Yeah, me too. And so I've gone through Mm -hmm. this. I've lived this 40 years. Mm -hmm. And if you don't give me a satisfying ending, I'm really pissed. That involves the people I care about. Yes. And it did. And it did. And I thought it tied the storyline up of 40 years. Halfway through that, I thought I could not have even been in the room When they were writing this script and going through all the possibilities, because the possibilities are endless. You could have ended this thing a hundred different ways. And Mm -hmm. I would have just kept coming up with a hundred different ways to end it. And everybody would have said, Get out of here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The way they ended it, the pressure of ending that story arc of 40 years is enormous. Yeah. I agree with that, uh, and I think that they tied forty it, years. Yeah, I think they've tied it up in a in a in a satisfying way. Yes, and put it all to rest. I mean, I was
5: huh. sixteen years old when right. this began. Right, I'm fifty eight now.
0: That that's oh. a lifetime
5: oh. of loving that movie uh, series. It's amazing! It's it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah, it I had tears in my eyes because of that. I mean, I've lived my whole life with this. See, I series. think that
0: I think there's a difference because the people that I have heard that say they don't like it, don't remember the first movie. I, I was what fourteen when it came out. So I I remember going to the movie mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I had the same feeling. I had this feeling of this is a milestone in you know, a stupid milestone, but it's a milestone in my life. Yeah. I was there for the first one.
1: I'm here for the last one. See, I, I think that's why, and I did not see any of the first three in the theater, but I saw them all a thousand times sure, you right. know, yeah. and, uh, growing up. And uh, to me, that was my problem with it. It didn't seem like they had a plan. Like oh, it was, I thought so. They went into, like, mm. th- th- you know, some of the major developments, some of which are in the trailer, uh, certain people coming back from long absences that <laughs> seemingly uh, were- Would preclude <laughs> coming would back. Would preclude coming back. Yeah. Um, those sorts of things just seem like, ah, crap. Like, the last movie was such a disaster. Let's ignore that one. Let's treat that one like Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, where Michael Myers isn't <laughs> in okay it. I'm okay with we'll that, We'll just kind though. of toss that one off to the side. Okay that one wasn't part that. of the series. And yeah. let's just bring back a couple of old guys and then try <laughs> to wrap up everybody at the same time. I kind of feel like, you know, because growing up with this movie, I was always told, right, by George Lucas that there was nine of them. And there was supposed to be a prequel, and then there was a sequel. And it was gonna be, there was going to be nine stories, and, like... I thought you feel like at the beginning this guy knows where the nine movies are going. Well, I got the sense that said. at the end of the day, this the, well, they got out of his... this last movie. They're like, all right, ha- that was a disaster. What do we do next? Uh, it's not his story know. at the end, though. No, it's not. So it's a, a whole it, different guy
5: who's doing it. But it still it worked. Like had a plan. But I think Abrams decided... Yeah. Early on, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this satisfying because Last Jedi sucked for so many people. <laughs> I'm gonna make this satisfying for people who have lived it their whole lives. I agree. And, I, and think I think JJ Abrams
0: was the right did. guy. I agree uh, with that. I could yeah. I,
1: I feel mm-hmm. the same way that you guys are describing about the Force Awakens. Because to me, mm. it was so, the first three movies were, you know, the, the prequels were such a disaster. Oh, I yeah. and I, I feel like this like yeah. rejuvenated, brought back this series I from agree. the dead. You I know? agree. I liked Force mm. Awakens, and I like so I really like that one, and I feel like a lot of people mm. don't now. Yeah, I'm not this this crazy one though, but I, but I think it was mainly because I was like, oh well, wow, this this yeah. it did something. Yeah, like it, I agree. It brought with it. it back, and Here, I, I would, one, would put
0: this in with the first three. Me too. I would go one, two, three, and this is this four. Oh, this is number one, two, three. Four, five, six, and then this yes, one. But the
5: actual 1977, 80, yeah. 83, then this one. Yeah,
0: I I I, I put that in this category. Mm-hmm. It fit with the old ones mm. much better. I, I thought. So too. Me too. Force Awakens. Yeah. I really liked. I really liked. Yeah. Um
1: well, It was essentially the first movie
0: remade. That's <laughs> basically what it was. They all were. You know what was mm-hmm. weird yeah. is uh, over the holiday we watched we watched them from the beginning. We watched them in oh, chronological order. In chronological order. Really. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and we didn't. Oh, the, we those... didn't watch the first one. We watched highlights of the second one, and we started really watching them at three. Mm-hmm. So we went three, four, uh, Rebel One, I think. Mm-hmm. No, we went three, then Rebel One, Rogue One, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. and then four, and then Hot. Uh, was it Solo? Uh, Solo. Mm-hmm uh then we went five. jeez he really went deep yeah we went deep we tried to watch them all in chronological order
5: i watched one through eight without the two side movies i
0: liked adding the two side movies in them
5: yeah i i mean i probably should have but uh but i but i didn't and because <laughs> you don't uh, like them and i don't like them i don't like rogue one that much i like solo um but the first I three, One I, I thought, okay, I'll bet I will bet, I was just too hard on the first three. No, I wasn't hard <laughs> enough on the first three. No, the first three <laughs> The first three. The suck. sequels are so bad. That you mean the prequels? The prequels. I mean, yeah. The prequels are so bad, they're unwatchable. No. They really are. Unwatchable. They really are. Just bad movies. And I had to skip all the way through every Jar Jar Binks part. I, okay, no. I'm sorry. And then when it came to the Luke parts in Last Jedi, I had to skip all through that too because they just ruined
1: him. It does uh in that last movie. Does VidAngel Angel have a specific Jar Jar filter? It <laughs> should. Should. That's a no, great feature should, to add. But that would be fantastic. Because it, it edits out like, you know, content it's you're not supposed so to watch for kids and, or whatever. They, yeah. They just have one button that's just Jar Jar. It just takes Jar Jar out of any movie. It's if he ever appears in another so, movie, it would take I, I, him out of that too.
0: Speaking of this, <laughs> I watched uh what's that Hollywood film with uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. I watched that on the airplane, so it's been edited. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they took out of it. They probably took a lot.
1: Was it like 22
0: minutes? Yeah. Because yeah, it was like four hours in real life. So. Yeah, it was like still two hours or okay. two hours and 20 minutes, something like that. Um, and I don't know what they took out, but that movie is awesome. It It hmm. is the most accurate depiction of the 1970s I've ever seen.
1: Except that it, it's not even a true story. No, it's no, a no, fictionalized no, yeah. version of yeah. what happened. Right, right.
0: Yeah. right, right, right. But it's but it is. I mean, you feel uh, that movie could have it been feels. made in the 1970s. It mm. feels like the 1970s, and the way uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, did the flashback scenes and the and the Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so the way he did the western and the and all the other things, that, I mean, it absolutely felt like the 1970s. It was definitely well done.
1: It was, it was really very well long done. in
0: real life. Not as long <laughs> as uh, the Irishman. Oh yeah, the Irishman. how was that? I heard that was really good. Too. I didn't. I only made it about
5: halfway. I, was I like, saw it. It's, good. It's, it's
1: slow and really long. Like it's one of those. I feel like a lot of this. This time, this happens with a lot of directors where, like, you know, a movie could be good at one hour 38 minutes and instead it's three hours and 14 minutes and mm-hmm. like I, that, the Irishman was like that it was like that, that could have easily been cut down to two hours and it would have been fine you would have got it it would have been good It a good solid I don't think it was any major achievement in the mob movie category but oh. it was a solid hmm. you know it was a solid mob I movie. I expected it to be mob movie I mean it had everybody in it yeah everybody mm-hmm. and it was uh, good like they were all good in it like yeah. it was well done it just was it was. It didn't Slow. feel like some dramatic, big event, you know. And it didn't. Like, it was in the Golden Globes last night. I mean, everyone was didn't expecting win. it to win everything, and it, yeah, didn't, it didn't
5: win anything. Anything. Netflix got completely shut out.
1: Netflix think, did. Yeah, which was funny because uh, they, they you know, Gervais started the whole thing, yeah. basically saying how everyone was going to
5: Netflix. Yeah, that Netflix now rules. Speaking of uh, streaming services, what do you think of the Mandalorian's first season? Now that you've seen the whole thing, or I assume I you have. I
0: liked it.
5: I, I liked it quite a bit by the yeah. end. I thought they redeemed themselves in the last few
0: episodes. Yeah, it became I quite agree. interesting then. Yeah, I mean, but Yoda still—you take Yoda out of it, it's nothing. <laughs> you I mean, baby Yoda. Yoda of it. Of it. The whole story baby Yoda. is really important. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that it is—it's a weak story. <laughs> And we strong characters. because there's a baby Yoda in it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, they're saying that baby Yoda, that, 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 this is the actual future of movies that stars now are dead, which I don't, I don't agree with. Um, however, listen to the review of 1917. I may be contradicting myself, but they're saying that stars now are a thing of the past. And, this is the first the the baby Yoda series is the first um hat tip to the future of movies it's an it's 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 c g i it will be voiced by somebody nobody's gonna hold the bank up you know in, in in rob Disney because I don't know if i'm gonna sign up for another it's c g i and the lead character your face the face was only seen one time yeah. One time. You could put anybody under that mask. That's correct. And so they're hmm. saying now that it's Maybe. really just the stories and with CGI. I mean, you know, one thing that was amazing to me is when you go back and you watch, what was it? One of the prequels. I can't remember which one, but uh, the, the Star Wars where um, Peter, what's his name, who was running the Death Star uh mm-hmm. remember peter cushing mm-hmm. and uh in rogue one and he's he's cgi and you can tell he's, yeah, he's CGI. been dead for how many years would you have known that carrie fisher was dead not at all
5: not not at all at all yeah. they improved it so much from the last time they did it yeah that you couldn't even tell she you was could, cgi you would, you would swear she was
0: alive afterwards cut all those scenes my daughter's was my daughter was like
5: what yeah. she's
0: dead yeah <laughs> yes three it's years that now. amazing three years so i mean you're we're yeah. now entering a stage where actors and actresses don't even have to be a part of it do you know that yeah. they're making a new james dean film with james dean in it yes he's the star <laughs> that's amazing of it <laughs> he's the star of it and who's getting paid his family wow and it's supposedly going to be good Well, based on what they did with Carrie Fisher, I believe. I believe they can do it. Thank you so much. So weird because you didn't... When you're watching Star Wars, you don't even think that she's dead. It makes her death almost irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, it was just so weird. Very strange. So weird. All right. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour, realestateagentsitrust.com. The reason why we go to experts when we need something done, especially when that something is important is because you got to have it done right. This is not like, ah, you know, it would be a nice thing. Buying or selling a home is one of those more important and indeed difficult decisions that you're ever going to make, and that's why real estate agents, I trust, is there to guide you every step of the way. These are real estate agents who have taken it upon themselves to be the best in their field and really do business the right way. Would you write this down, Stu? Mm -hmm. Remind me to... um, talk to you about new cars and new houses. Are you giving I think, me one? Or are you handing them out? No, What's the I'm situation? giving you, I'm, I'm giving you a, uh, a warning uh, on them. But anyway, real estate agents I trust is a network, a network that provides both stability, which is good and accountability, which is really good. If you want to have somebody that can really help you create the most value for your home and who has a long track record of success, it's time to get moving. So find that real estate agent that is the right one for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com.
2: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: And houses are the same. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the program. Uh, we were just talking off the air about how uh, cars are not holding their value anymore because of all of the new technology that is out. And, uh, you know, you used to go in, and at least I would, you know, you'd go in and you'd try to buy a new car, but you'd buy the new car. You'd buy a 2019 today because you'd get a big savings on it. But people are not buying the 2019 because the 2020 has so much more technology on it. And if you go back and you look at an uh, an older car, it looks dated inside. And so if you're somebody who trades cars in every four years, uh, you're going to start to get hurt. Um, because that car is... Uh, it, it's almost making the idea of the fleet... Now, this is according to one of the guys we talked to. He was the former chairman of the board of GM, I think. He said GM won't be making cars the way we think about cars today by 2030. He said there'll be fleets, and most people won't own their cars. And that was such a hard thing for somebody of my age to think not owning a car. But the way cars are changing in technology the the only car that's gonna not look completely outdated or be completely outdated is tesla because it will update its software all the time and so when you want that new you know that new thing you just update the car well gm all these other car companies are not doing that which makes the resale value of your car go dramatically down more on houses of the future coming You're up.
2: Listening to Glenn Beck.
0: I found an old article from him in 2014 um, because I was led down this rabbit trail on trying to figure out uh, who Suleimani Sule- uh, was, the guy that we killed over uh, in Baghdad. And he's clearly a very bad guy. And there's some things that happened prior to his death, starting in April of last year, that show that this was not a quick decision. This has been well thought out for quite some time, and things really have changed. Well, as I started doing my research, I find this article from uh, Ken Timberman. He is the guy who wrote a book called Dark Forces, I completely forgot about it. He he wrote this article in 2014 when the book came out.
3: 45 and seconds.
0: It's a book about the dark forces, including um, Suleimani. Sula- uh, and I don't think America really understands who we who we killed. I mean, if you were cheering for Osama bin Laden's death, you should be cheering for this guy's death. Really, if you're cheering for Hitler's death uh, you should be cheering for this guy's death. This is a very, very bad guy and no matter what the press or the the um, controlled media in Iran are trying to tell you, that's not the story. We give that to you next. So what is happening in Iran? Are we headed towards World War III? What are the what are the rulers in Iran thinking? Who is this guy we killed in Baghdad? Was the president just going off half cocked? That and my review of nineteen seventeen. When we come back.
2: This is the Glenn Beck program
0: in one minute. Stand by. David was an avid fan of the game of golf. However, there came a time when he was no longer able to play because of extreme and frequent pain in his left hand and his right knee. And he had to give up golf. And that was bad enough. But being in pain all the time was the real problem. David was desperate for some kind of relief, and that's when he discovered Relief Factor. And like many people, he was skeptical, but he decided to give it a try. And within two days, David could hold a golf club again. Soon, he was back out swinging the club, playing as well as he ever did before. David is not a skeptic anymore. He's a believer because he's seen it in his own life of Relief Factor relief factor reduces the inflammation the major source for most of our pain it's 1999 you'll get a three-week quick start that's a small risk for the potential of a lifetime with less pain if you're looking for a drug-free natural way to ease your pain and get your life life back go to relieffactor.com that's relieffactor.com We go to uh, Kenneth Timmerman. He is um, he's the author of Dark Forces that came out a few years ago. um, And he really knows about who this guy was that we we killed um, uh, last week in the airport of Baghdad. A lot of people are upset. I don't think you should be upset because I don't think the real Iranian people are all that upset either. Uh, They're probably cheering the death of this guy at least the people that want to be free uh, welcome to the program ken how are you
6: i'm doing great thanks for having me on glenn you bet important topic
0: okay so tell me who this guy is before you get back to what you really discovered uh in libya tell us just generally who this guy is
6: uh well he is uh, as you mentioned he's as bad as bin laden uh he is the chief terrorist of the Iranian regime. He runs a whole legion of overseas terror operators called the Quds Force. That means the Jerusalem Force. Uh, Their goal is to spread uh, the Iranian ideology and the regime itself to to foreign countries. So they're present in Lebanon. They're present in Syria. uh, They're present in Yemen. They're present in Iraq, Afghanistan. They're the ones who command terror attacks. They're the ones who were going to blow up The Saudi ambassador in the Watergate Hotel in Washington, D.C., planned to bomb there because they didn't like the guy, take out perhaps 100 people having lunch in the downtown Washington, D.C. This was 2011. uh, He blew up the Israeli embassies in in Buenos Aires, uh, killed uh, 86 Jews at a Jewish center there in 1994. That was also one of their operations. He is the worst of the worst, and in addition, He is the best that they've got. So we just took out somebody incredibly important for the regime. Okay,
0: what people don't understand is that the regime, the elected regime, is all hand selected by the real regime, the the mullahs and the Ayatollah that actually run everything. And this guy did not report to the elected officials. He reported right directly to the Ayatollah.
6: Correct. He was his right hand man and uh, you see again and again pictures of the two of them together. Uh, He was doing the bidding of the Supreme Leader, and I can tell you today, Glenn, that the Supreme Leader himself personally is shaking in his uh, plimsolls. Um, And why do you say that? Well, because he realizes that the U.S. no longer is going to be bound by the diplomatic constraints that have held us back in the past. Uh, There has been a a kind of taboo, if you wish, on hitting people like Soleimani um, for many, many years. And this is from the State Department. It's from the Pentagon. I'll give you one example. Uh, In 2007, uh, his people kidnapped five American soldiers in Iraq, in Karbala, and murdered them. Uh, And instead of striking back at Soleimani, we released some of his people that had been arrested in Iraq. Soleimani and the Quds Force were responsible for approximately 600 deaths of U.S. soldiers in Iraq with uh, specially formed, uh, explosively formed penetrators. These are, uh, uh, you know, warheads that are planted in IEDs along the road. Very, very deadly. I've written about this quite a bit. You can see that at Ken And he we did nothing. We did not retaliate against Soleimani. So now the Supreme Leader realizes the gloves are off. He could be next. And certainly, for sure, the man who replaces Soleimani, should he conduct similar operations against Americans, he is definitely going to be next.
0: So it's almost as if history is repeating itself in in some ways. Um, Under the Obama administration, uh, we had the Benghazi consulate attacked. And then when Iran tries to do it again with a, a new Reagan, if you will, somebody who thinks a little like Reagan, Uh, We don't put up with it. We put up with it under uh, um, Barack Obama. And in fact, your reporting shows that that Soleimani was the architect of the Benghazi uh, nightmare.
6: He was indeed. And uh, I know this uh, primarily from Iranian sources, but also from Americans who were who were uh, had access to some of the briefings before the 9-11 attacks and. To a very key document, which is in my uh, one of my books on Benghazi called Deception. Uh, this is a Defense Intelligence Agency after-action report uh, delivered to then Director Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn, remember, who was uh, mm-hmm. then the became the National Security Advisor to President Trump and was going to clean house in the intelligence agencies and and of the deep state. Well, Flynn asked the entire defense intelligence community, what happened in Benghazi on September 11, 2012. And I specifically want you to tell me what we knew about the Quds Force involvement, that means Soleimani, and the al-Qaeda involvement. The report that came back, which I've published, you can see it at uh, KenTimmerman.com or in my book, Deceptions. That report came back six pages. The first three pages were on the Quds Force involvement, everything that we knew about them. Everything that we knew about Qasem Soleimani in the Benghazi attacks blanked out, three pages of it. And then the last three pages were about al-Qaeda and al-Qaeda affiliates. And there you see a sentence here, a sentence there. But we knew a lot. The U.S. intelligence community knew a lot, and I've written about that in my books on Benghazi.
0: All right. Um, let's go to the, um, the, the embassy in Baghdad he was the driving force behind that attack?
6: Absolutely. And, uh, and I think we know pretty clearly by now from what Secretary of State Pompeo has said and the president, the U.S. intelligence community knew it. They knew that Soleimani was behind uh, that. uh, You know, they were they were attempting, Glenn, to repeat what happened in Benghazi.
2: Correct.
5: They
6: thought that they could uh, storm the embassy and that we would just cave and nobody would come. There'd be no reinforcements. No one would come to the rescue. Well, what a difference a president makes. This president immediately sent 100 Marines from Kuwait. They secured the embassy and the attackers dispersed uh, as opposed to what happened in Benghazi.
0: What do you say about the. I'm just quoting a, a headline here. Millions of angry mourners from all walks of life participate in separa- separate funeral ceremonies held in the southwestern city, blah, 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 of the uh, of the martyr Soleimani. Uh,
6: well, I don't see them joining in the ranks of martyrdom with him. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> we, we've always known the regime is capable of mustering a crowd. Uh, in many cases, they pay people to come. They they let them get off work. They oblige government employees to attend these mass rallies to chant death with America. And many times when they, when the cameras pan out or you get somebody from a uh, pro freedom movement taking a, a, a YouTube video and they post it, you see that uh, it, it, when you, the camera pans out, there's nobody in the square. There's a, there's a tight crowd around the speaker up front, and then there's nobody in the rest of the square. Uh, these are rent mobs. Uh, the people of Iran who are sick and tired of these tyrants who've been governing them for 40 years, an era of 40 years of darkness in Iran, the people of Iran are celebrating. And I know this, I've seen it all over. Uh, uh, social media, they're very active in social media when the regime does not block the Internet. They've been celebrating the demise of Qasem Soleimani and can't and can't wait until the rest of the tyrants go with him.
0: Um, t- people are trying to make Donald Trump look like this was just something that, you know, he's doing because he wanted people not to pay attention to uh, the uh, impeachment. Which is what a lot of conservatives said about the bombing of the aspirin factory during the uh, the Monica Lewinsky thing when uh, uh, Bill Clinton was going after Osama bin Laden, who Americans didn't know at the time. Um, But this, uh, you know, I was reading this and it it talked about how we have we've always been following him. But the White House told the Pentagon, I want to know where this guy is 24 seven at all times. Back in May, it was also back in May that um, we we put uh, the could's force on the, and the IR. What is it? The, IRG, uh, C- the IRGC, uh mm-hmm. put them on uh, the terror watch list for the first time, which he is, you know, a controlling member of, obviously. Um, there was a defection of a very high uh, ranking intelligence officer who seems to be like the the, uh, a um, uh, a walking knock list in a way and he defected in April and brought all kinds of classified documents with him is there any connection between his defection and this killing and the the upping of everything in May right after his defection
6: Very good point that you raise, Glenn, and I really haven't heard anybody else connect those dots. Extremely important. You talk about this defector. He was the head of the intelligence unit of the Islamic Republic uh, Revolutionary Guards Corps, uh, and he did come out. uh, And, you know, clearly you say a walking knock list. He knew everything that the IRGC and that the Cuds force were doing. Did he give the United States the ability to track Soleimani in real time? I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't
0: know, know about, him. I'm not asking about that. I'm asking, did he bring information? Do you believe that, um, proved or opened, uh, the eyes of the administration or the Pentagon and was enough evidence to know this guy, we have to watch because he's all over the world and we may have to take him out.
6: I, I think what happened is that he essentially made it so crystal clear that Soleimani was never going to put down the gloves. He was never going to stop killing our people and that we had to take action. I think that really, I I think you're right. I think that tipped the balance. And that, by the way, is when you hear Mike Pompeo, he was interviewed right shortly after that defector came out and he said, yes, we put uh, Qasem Soleimani uh, back on, back on the terror list. He was taken off. He personally was taken off by Barack Obama uh, at the moment of the Iran deal. So Pompeo said, we put him back on the terror list. And some TV interviewer said, well, does that mean that we're going to do the same thing to him that we did to Osama bin Laden? And Pompeo just gives him that icy stare and says, he's a terrorist.
0: All right. So let me ask you a final question. Where does this go? Is, is Iran and the mullahs and the Ayatollah, are they enough of Twelvers that they believe that, they're going to wash the world in blood, and this is a good thing for them to retaliate? Or are they in butt-saving uh, mode and may strike, but they're not going to really they're not going to have their fingerprints really well known on anything?
6: Well, let me tell you, I've thought about that an awful lot, and uh, there's something to be said on both sides. But here's where I come down on this. Look at Ayatollah Khomeini, the founder of the Islamic Republic of Iran. He died at the age of 88, comfortably in his bed of old age. The leaders of this regime, they can be 12 and they can try to send the masses out to martyrdom, but they themselves are going to save their rear ends. They've got airplanes waiting to take them out of the country should the regime start to fall. Uh, I think they're going to save themselves, and I think the, per- the p- person and the people who have replaced Qasem Soleimani are not going to take dramatic action against the United States because they know they're next.
0: And is um, is this something that uh, we play out? We would be well advised to play out by playing this almost like the collapse of the Soviet Union. Tighten sanctions, help the people on the streets uh, and uh, make sure everybody knows how evil this regime really is. But we don't have to lob any bullets or any men over there.
6: Absolutely not. But And you're right. This is like the collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, we can sit back, enjoy it, but help the people of Iran. I think what we ought to be doing, uh, and apparently we now have the capability of doing this, is make sure whenever the regime shuts off the Internet that we turn it back on so the people of Iran can communicate to the rest of the world mm. uh, so the regime cannot kill in darkness.
0: Mm. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Kenneth Timmerman, he is the author of many books, one of them, Dark Forces. Uh, you can find him at uh, Ken Timmerman uh, dot com. All right. Good news. 2020 cyber crime officially over. <laughs> Recently, 267 million Facebook users have reportedly had their names, Facebook IDs and even phone numbers exposed in an online uh, database. Facebook says its database is no longer available, but. All that information is gone. Spam messaging, phishing emails, identity theft. This is a cybercrime smorgasbord. It's important to understand how cybercrime is affecting you. Uh, This this holiday, uh, somebody stole Tanya's information and bought all kinds of great stuff for Christmas. And she worried about it all. And I'm like, honey you've made the call. LifeLock is on it. American Express is on it. Let it go. And uh, she just fretted. And I kept saying to her, you don't have to worry about it. This is why we pay these people every month. This is what they do. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock sees the threats that you might miss on your own. And if something does happen, they help clear everything up. Call 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or head over to lifelock.com and use the promo code back for 25% off. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com, promo code back. We break for 10 seconds, Station ID. You know, I have absolutely no interest in... Uh, the foreign press golden globes what yeah i have no interest how will in you them.
1: know what movies they mm, think you
0: should see I, I'm, I'm gonna have to wing it on my own oh my god um however ricky gervais is one of my favorites I, uh, he is brilliant so he good. is brave his his acting is good his directing is great his writing is great and he's unafraid we need more Ricky Gervases. Listen to what he said in his opening monologue last night at the Golden Globes. <laughs> he he just oh. handed them their heads. Which I love. Which I love. You know who he is? He's the new Don Imus. That's what Don Imus used to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna share a story about Don Imus at the end of the program today. But that's how, you know. People are like, well, Don Imus, he was a racist. Why would you say those things? Because th- why Why is Ricky saying these things? Why is he saying them? He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And you know what? Some of them are, as he said, just jokes. They are yeah, just sure. jokes. But other, others, uh, you know, need to be said. Need to be said to these highfalutin, pompous a-holes.
1: And there's a level of celebrity that he has uh, th- that is, he can get away with it at least for a while. I mean, I think Louis C.K. also had that same level, and he was saying things that were really uncomfortable, and I remember at times thinking, like, I can't believe they allow him to keep saying these things. They allow him. That's that's so un-American. Right. Well, I know, totally, right? Yeah. Um, however, of course, now we see that that was not, uh, eventually he did, did go away. Uh, after all of that. And I don't know if the same thing will happen. They're, mean, They're already looking for his old tweets for Ricky Gervais now. They're already publishing articles in left-wing publications about how you should look back at the things he said. They're very offensive. Here's your guide. Ricky Gervais is a, hes a hero. I just no, love the guy.
0: Just love him. He's willing to say whatever's on his mind.
2: To Glenn,
0: back. All right. Somewhere in the U.S. every 23 seconds, somebody breaks into a house and commits a burglary. Just happened a few seconds ago. It's about to happen again in a few seconds. And not to tip the burglars off, but only about one in five houses is actually secure. That's crazy. One in five have a burglar alarm. From irritating salespeople to complicated installation to bad contracts and giant monthly fees. That's why people don't have it. Well... Now, there is a company that solved all of that, and it is Simply Safe. With Simply Safe, there is no contract, there are no hidden fees. Prices start at $15 a month. And right now is your last chance to get 25% off a full arsenal of sensors and cameras covering every inch of your home. It's part of Simply Safe's holiday special and time is running out. Plus, Simply Safe will get the police to respond three and a half times faster than any other home security because they have real-time video confirmation. So get the 25% off. This is your last chance. SimplySafeBeck.com. Hurry, sale ends January 7th.
1: That's tomorrow. SimplySafebeck.com. So if you like supporting people who speak their mind and don't care about the consequences, go to BlazeTV.com and subscribe. Use the promo code Glenn and get 10 bucks off. Welcome back to the program. 888 727 Beck is the phone number. Uh, we were talking about the Golden Globes a little bit uh, before and Ricky Gervais lighting up the press, uh, or the Hollywood foreign press and, and Hollywood in general, over their pathetic actions. Uh, in, and it's funny because they're so critical. They're, they're able to go on there and make all these speeches about global warming when they can't even stop molesting their actresses. It's like, can it's you at least thing. stop touching every single 22-year-old that walks by you? Then you can tell us about the 0. 0.8 degrees uh, temperature rise. Yeah. At that point, we'll start listening to you wanting to control the thermostat for the globe. So Just I try don't not think... try not grabbing each yeah. and every breast that walks by you. And then you give us the temperature advice. Yeah. So uh, Ricky Gervais took them
0: down beyond that. I don't really care what the Hollywood foreign press says about uh, any movie. I don't, I've never. Well, it did win a
1: Golden Globe. I've never done that. Especially, I mean, the Oscars have that status at some level. Used to. I think yeah, they used to. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's definitely fallen off. But yeah. there's something about winning Best Picture uh, as a, uh, for an Oscar that I think has at least some um, cachet to it. Yeah, and I think Golden Globes. There's some level because they they hit television. Yeah. So you hit maybe a little bit with yeah. that. I don't know. No. More than anything else, it's just a Ricky Gervais stand-up yeah. thing, no, which it's I It's great. It's like I, a roast. Yeah,
0: it's fantastic. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did last night. He he roasted them. Um, I think, I think nineteen seventeen won Best Picture.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did, which was a surprise, right? They were they're expecting it to be maybe The Irishman, eh. which was okay. It was okay. Well, it was, but it okay. was I didn't think it was fantastic. So
0: let me recommend.
1: I have. Uh,
0: I saw this movie twice while I was on vacation. It's that good. Um, my son and I have been waiting for this film uh, for f- f- since the first time we saw the, the trailer. We were like, oh my gosh. And we love war movies. Um, lone Survivor, American Sniper. The pinnacle has got to be Saving Private Ryan. And I don't hold out you know, hopes that something is going to be as good as saving Private Ryan uh, very often. This one uh, we did, and we convinced Mom to come with us, and we took two veterans with us of very different wars. One was a Vietnam veteran, and one was a veteran of Afghanistan. In fact, two. We took three, actually, um, over the two viewings, Um, and two of them were from Afghanistan, all of us walked in, walking in, with high, high hopes. And we all walked out with our hopes and expectations surpassed. Uh, it, it, I mean, we were all hoping that it would be good, as good as Saving Private Ryan, and we all came back out going, I think it's better. I think it's better than Saving Private Ryan. And that that is I mean, that's a really high standard and warning. Now that I've said that your (laughs) expectations are going to be so high, you're going to be like, no, it wasn't. That's basically the highest compliment you can pay to a war movie. Here's why. I'm a big fan of Alfred Hitchcock. And Alfred Hitchcock did a movie that very few people saw called Rope with Jimmy Stewart. And uh, he wanted it to be with no edits, and he wanted it to be with no edits because two reasons. One, it was a stage play, and two, uh, he felt it drew you into the movie more. If you never take your eyes off, you feel like you're in the room. So that has three edits in it, and I think they're 18 minutes apart, something like that. Uh, This movie, the director wanted to do the same thing. Now, the longest stretch, I'm told, was eight minutes, an eight-minute take. However, I cannot see the edits in this movie. I don't know where they edited. Sometimes, you know, it's really easy. They go down a, you know, a dark, shadowy hallway, and you, you know there's the edit. I don't know where the edits are in this one. Uh, and it, the reason why that makes a difference is because it's all shot from their perspective. So it's all shot as if you're standing in the trenches, and you're b- bumping f- by all the pe- people, and g- you know you're sitting on a body, or you're right there running with them on the field. It is it it makes this movie an experience. I I, I want to see it on IMAX because I think IMAX would be awesome with this movie. Um, so. I think it changes the story, the feeling of this movie. It becomes an experience and not just a movie. And World War I was one of the most brutal uh, wars in in all of our history, uh, and or at least modern history. And I don't think we can really truly imagine what it was like. And that... Kind of bothered me going in. I thought, "Oh, geez, this thing's going to be so bloody." Uh, but it wasn't. Um, it 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 is impactful, and you. The only thing missing from this movie is the smell, um, but you gain uh, an understanding without the you know blood blood soaked ocean and beaches. It's it's really weird. Uh, it's, I don't think, nearly as graphic as Saving Private Ryan. And yet, even without the graphics, it makes Saving Private Ryan, in some ways, and, and no offense to that, because I hold it in the highest regard, in some ways it feels like a disney version of war. And it's never felt this way before. But it did this time because... This one you don't see the Hollywood actors. This one revolves around two guys, and I don't really know who they who they are. They might be famous. I don't know. I don't really care. Um, but they became just people that were on the, the nameless, faceless guys who fought and died in World War One. And there are some big names in this, but they play very small parts. And so you it becomes just these people that you didn't know. And that changes the experience as well. And then there's something else that the director did that maybe is my imagination, but I don't think it is. Um, I haven't read about it anywhere. Um, and it's something that's so subtle. I don't know if most people will even notice, but did you see the Ken Burns, not Ken Burns documentary, um, uh, what's-his-name-made Lord of the Rings, uh, the documentary that was made on World War One. Peter Jackson? Peter Jackson, where he colorized everything. He cleaned up the film. Did you ever see that? I think I did. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, it's it's only amazing because it becomes real to you for the first time. World War I has always seemed black and white, fuzzy, you know, yeah. choppy movements and sure. fast you know, well, they, it, it it's
1: not real. It's not that long ago. They colorized the a lot of that World War II stuff with yeah. Hitler up in the you know, Correct. His, his hideaway there. Correct. I mean, that's not even that long ago.
0: So this becomes real and and World War One was real to me because my grandfather, my grandfather on the Beck side, he was in World War One. And we had one of those old oval pictures with the round glass on it. Do you remember even seeing those? They were from around the World War One period. Uh and uh, he was in his uniform and it was colorized because they didn't have color film back then. And so it was colorized. There are parts of this movie, especially towards the end, where he's washed the color out so much that it, and I don't think the average person would know this, but it looks a lot like the Peter Jackson. It looks a lot like that photograph that I remember. So while it becomes real, he's also enhanced it with his use of color to make it even more real if you saw those pictures or you watched Peter Jackson he, he he didn't bring it i don't know at least part of it felt like it didn't bring it all the way to today it hmm. still had that feeling of of yesterday at least towards the end maybe it was my imagination but i don't think so the storyline the 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 shots the all of it is just exactly what we hoped uh, that it would be. In my opinion, my wife liked it. Um, All the vets that went with me all said at the end, that is only lacking the smell. That's only lacking the smell. Um, We all agreed, uh, because we walked out, and none of us were willing to say it. We all said it like this, I... I I think that's better than Saving Private Ryan. We all were just we all have reverence for that movie. Um but this you leave, you leave the theater Saving Private Ryan you you really understood what war was really like, World War 2 was like. You'll have the same feeling about World War 1. But in this one, it's as if you're going to witness the act of heroism as if there was a camera, as if you were there, because you become part of it. And the movie stars with great special effects all just go away. This makes Saving Private Ryan feel like a movie, a disney kind of movie, um, without more blood or gore. And saying that this is a movie cheapens it, but saying this is a film makes it into something with pretense, and this doesn't have any pretense. I think this is in a category of its own. I think this is a war experience. I think you go into this, and you're going to feel like you were in the trenches. It rings true. It rings authentic. And personally, I think the slogan of the movie should be, don't see 1917 live it ransomware malware spyware underwear you really only need one of these things in your life uh and that really kind of depends You'd think that if you're using a password-protective Wi-Fi source, you'd be good, but unfortunately, you'd be wrong. Cybercriminals can hack your connection, watch your online activity, steal the information that you send and receive online. What you need, besides the underwear we talked about, is Norton 360. Norton 360, you're getting layers of protection, including real-time device security and VPN for online privacy. That VPN has bank-grade encryption to help keep your information, like logins and passwords, secure and private. Norton's 360 Password Manager easily and securely creates and stores and manages your passwords, your credit card information, and other credentials. Plus, there's a PC SafeCam feature, which notifies you if cyber criminals try to use your webcam and helps block it so they can't. Now, nobody can prevent all cybercrime, but the new Norton 360 is a powerful ally for your cyber safety during the holidays and beyond. So get the gift of up to 50% off your first year with the annual subscription at Norton.com back Beck. That's Norton.com back Beck for up to 50% off now.
2: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: we have to thank uh Frank Miller and Dick Green for uh making the decision to be the first Buffalo clearance and first uh, Buffalo New York uh station to carry the Glenbeck program. We are uh so appreciative of that and we are thrilled to be on WLVL Hometown AM 1340 and FM 105.3 in uh in Buffalo. And you you join us on a good day because uh
1: today's the day that uh Stu lost to the Seahawks, and uh, but I'm welcome little... the new affiliate with uh, thinking about an NFL football right now and a very tough weekend for the Bills fans as well. You want to you want to align yourself with evil? Is that what you want? Is that what you want to do? <laughs> Sorry, Seattle. Um, uh, oh, it's crushing. I, I, this is of course the one day a year you should know this if you're a new listener in Buffalo. The one day a year Glenn cares about sports, yeah, which so is the day this the, is it. after the Eagles lose. Yeah, I don't care. It's the only day he cares because he wants yeah. to torture me about it. Yes. And, and I, appreciate I that. I relish that. I appreciate that.
0: Mm-hmm. I know um, you do.
1: You know, uh, I could certainly point out that it was unfortunate that, you know, most of the players on the team at this point were not even in the league at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it and doesn't it really matter, does it? It seems like potentially there was a strategy to take out the one healthy player they had, Mm-hmm. I can point that out but yeah. that would make me sound like a complainer which of course I it, would, not. It would it would I make would it sound not. like a sore loser uh, yeah. somebody
0: who's just uh you know well, what about uh, I don't I don't engage in
1: what aboutism the only good I mean the only good thing about it is uh most of the people around here unlike you cuz you have a real strong rooting interest of the Seattle Seahawks as of today <laughs> uh but uh everyone here are Cowboys fans did the Seattle Seahawks beat the uh, Eagles Uh, They did, yeah. yeah. Well, at least the practice squad preseason version of the Eagles, yes, Mm -hmm. they did beat them. Mm -hmm. Um, However, most of the people around here are are Cowboys fans, Mm -hmm. and it's it's very difficult for them to really talk trash to anybody. Mm-hmm. At this point, I mean, the, mm-hmm. Browns fans are talking trash. But I, can, I can, switch teams at any time. Yeah, so that's it true. Doesn't yeah. matter. I have no loyalty. <laughs> yeah,
0: so no I can. Loyalties.
1: Anybody who beats the Eagles, I'm there. You're like so many people in politics right now. You just go with whatever position's popular at that moment. That's so. You. I was with, I was with somebody
0: who uh, wanted so desperately to tease you about the Seahawks, mm-hmm. and I said, "You're not, you're, you're not teasing him right now." And he's like, "Oh no, he's very superstitious." No, Stu has rules. You don't like you don't talk about it
1: until at least halftime. Is that true? You don't engage. In- I have to know the context of this. I am very understanding of. Uh, I feel like if I talk trash about my team, they will definitely lose. Like it's that moment when I start talking trash and I get confident that they always lose. So I never get confident, and and they still lose a lot. But at least they win a few games before they lose. And of course, there was the glorious—it's uh, only it's only two Super Bowls ago, where uh, the uh, the the miracle of all miracles occurred, and the Eagles actually won the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, I will never forget it. It's the only—it's really the defining moment of my life at this point. <laughs> which I don't know. Says a lot about my life experience. But hey, these people well, I you know, don't know that you're, don't the, don't guy who, me, you're the guy who bought your wife a new oven
0: for Christmas. Oh, we're all out of time for Wait, you to but I talk to, about but that. But there's a lot more to tell on oh, that. Oh shoot. No, let's just I but, let's just point out that Stu for Christmas thought it would be a good idea <laughs> to buy his wife an oven. <laughs> because as Stu will tell you, the little women need to be kept at home, you know, cooking in the kitchen. I I don't. But think I, that's how I, I would unfortunately, we are completely out of time mm. for him to define it any other way. Well, we still have some. Back in it, a minute.
1: An hour.
2: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: Simply Safe Home Security is like getting commercial grade enterprise level security, but for your home. Now think about the security that Fortune 500 companies use. That is exactly the kind of security that you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime, which means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for just anybody else's burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home with outdoor cameras and doorbells, entry, motion, glass break sensors, all of it. Plus Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's all monitored 24/7 by live security professionals and it's 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to slash glenn today and get a free Simply Safe security camera, normally $100 and you get it today free. That's slash glenn That's slash glenn I don't know about you to, but we have to play that clip uh because I <laughs> I mean, that sounded a lot like my grandpa right before he died. You now he's just kind of like, <laughs> and we did a lot of stuff, and uh it was great. We built a We built a farm one year, and it was uh better seconds. than all the other farms. <laughs> and you know like you're Joe, are you? Are you are you okay? He sounded really slow and slurry, and yeah, he
1: seems to be turning the intensity down, down. somehow, which is like, it didn't seem like, possible. Oh, no,
0: it didn't. It didn't. We're going to talk to Steve Dace here next uh, because we're going to get into politics now uh, with uh, with Iowa right around the corner. Steve is probably, not probably, he is the best on the ground uh, at politics in Iowa. He lives there. He knows it inside and out. And he'll give us the real feeling on the ground uh, coming up in, in just a second. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. I don't know about you, but I'm blown away that we're not talking about impeachment. We're now talking about something even more serious. How this president has endangered people's lives and how this reckless president is just stirring up trouble in the Middle East. A perfectly calm area that we had mastered uh huh, uh huh. So now this is the new attack. Now he's a warmonger. Okay. Why are they doing this? Because they don't have anyone with any ideas that anyone wants to hear. We go to Iowa, and the best guy to talk to about politics and how things are shaping up in Iowa is Steve Dace from The Blaze. He's lived there forever, he knows all of the players. So we get his view of the campaign trail in Iowa and what's to come, in one minute.
2: This is the Glenn Beck program.
0: Let me whisper into ears two beautiful words: Giza Dreams. Kind of sounds like a brand name, but it's not. If you haven't spent a night nestled between my pillows, Giza Dream sheets, you haven't truly rested. Giza Dreams. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft. They're breathable, durable. The best part is they're the latest amazing offer from Mike Lindell and MyPillow. He's been releasing holiday uh, savings all through the holidays, and he's continuing to do it now with the Giza sh- sheets. Buy one set and get one free, plus shipping with promo code BECK. Remember, all My Pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee, but take my word for it, you're not going to return these Giza sheets because they are The best. I'm a sheet snob. I admit it. MyPillow.com has the sheets I love. They are the Giza Dream sheets. Go to Radio, a new Radio listener specials, and buy one pair of Giza Dream sheets and get the uh, second one free plus free shipping. There's also deep discounts on all the other MyPillow products. Just enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. Get the great radio specials now at MyPillow.com. Enter the promo code BECK. All right. Steve Dace from Iowa. And from the Steve Dace uh, program, which can be heard on uh, this network every day, right after uh, my show on the Blaze Radio Network and TV Network. Steve, welcome.
3: Gentlemen, Happy New Year. I'm just patiently waiting for those articles of impeachment to be filed. How are you?
0: <laughs> oh, just uh, it's electric, isn't it? I mean, it's just electric. <laughs> they've, it's almost like they've forgotten about them. You know, the Democrats are now just on right on to something else. Oh, my gosh, I ran. That's why he should be out of here.
3: Indeed, 2018 ended with Trump's a Nazi, so give him all your guns. And 2019 ended with Trump is an existential, clear, and present danger to our democracy. So let's sit on these articles of impeachment for three damn weeks. Make perfect sense. Today. Just crazy.
0: Just <laughs> crazy. Um, okay, Steve, let's talk about Iowa and what's happening with the Democratic Party. I want to play a clip from Joe Biden and listen to this. He sounds like my grandpa did right before he passed away. Where he's not really fully engaged here. Listen to this.
6: Iran announced today that it's accelerating this nuclear program. Guess who loses to that?
0: I suppose. that?
6: America and its allies. America and its allies. There was an airtight agreement we had with inspectors on the ground, the most intrusive inspection in all of human history, not hyperbole. We knew exactly we were in every single facility the International Atomic Energy Agency. And they were he not by that. They. They're not good guys, but they okay, were not stop. moving. T- is
0: it just me or is, is he sound a, a little uh, mm, uh, unexcited? Uh, unexcited. Let's put it that way.
3: <laughs> well, I thought Robert Stack's voiced character in Beavis and Butthead to America actually did the most intrusive inspections in human history. But that <laughs> aside, <laughs> um I, I, you know what you're pointing out, Glenn, is what I have been saying on on my show for the last couple of months, and and I'm not trying to be hot takey. So I, I got that hot take out of the way, and I want I want to be really serious. This, the, he sounds like the average guy who's 80 years old. He and does has lived a long life and has done a lot in his life, and 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 been in a lot in in a lot of high stress situations. Yes, I, I don't think he can do the job, and I think that. If, if he were leading a, a rival investment group to take over a Fortune 500 publicly traded company and you were in the other investment group, I think you could at least get a hearing in front of a judge about his competency level of whether he's legally competent or not. I agree. And I, think that's, and I think that's why he has not taken off in this race. And if you live here in Iowa, you see two Joe Bidens. Um, you see the one in the ads. He's running a great ad right now, again, looking at it from a Democratic mindset. He's running a great ad right now, and he sounds presidential about how terrible Trump is. And if I only listened to that ad and I was a rural Iowan who remembered him for with Barack Obama for eight years, that's the guy I would vote for. But if I went out there on the campaign trail and actually saw him without the makeup and without the script and just interacted with him retail style, I would walk away shaking my head thinking, I, I don't know that this guy can be president. And I think that's why, you know, when he first burst onto the scene last march he had you know poll numbers on the national level into the 40s we've never seen anything like this really maybe since fred thompson was your flavor of the month 10 years ago and then the more and more voters in iowa and new hampshire have gotten a chance to look at him you've seen his numbers on the state level have flatlined compared to just the national name id contest and it's because when you look at him up close you just don't think he's up to the job
0: but he, but he still is number 1 he still is is he going to take
3: iowa do you think I don't I don't believe he'll win Iowa and I think you know national polling in prime in, in these primaries is irrelevant and here's why it doesn't matter what anybody in New York's opinion or California or Montana yes. uh, or New Mexico's opinion is they're not voting right now and, mm-hmm. and by the time the process gets to them a lot of these candidates are going to be gone and a lot of candidates are gone already so, so it really only matters right now what Iowa New Hampshire and then Nevada in South Carolina think
0: all right so what is happening in Iowa
3: What's happening in Iowa is, you know, Democrats have lanes just like Republicans do with evangelicals and libertarians and the Bush wing. Well, there's wings in the Democratic and, you know, Ted Cruz used to call them lanes. There's there's lanes in the Democratic Party as well. And the problem they're having is no one is able to break out of their native lane to consolidate support. And so what we have now is you have Pete Buttigieg. He is the candidate of the Ah, uh, white suburbanites who desperately want a virtue signal to the leftists who hate them, who who you know drive a Subaru, live in a cul-de-sac with a coexist bumper sticker, and they love Pete Buttigieg because they're anxious to show you they're not a homophobe. They've not looked at his they've not looked at his qualifications. That's his only qualification to them. And then you have the the college campus feminist hard left crowd loves Elizabeth Warren, and then you have you know your old school Democratic you know traditional labor socially moderate. Uh, by today's standards, anyway, Democratic Party that likes Joe Biden and these and you've got these candidates now and Bernie Sanders is in there. He's got his own base. You know, that he's sort of the Ron Paul of the Democratic Party He has his own insurgency base. And he's eating into some of Elizabeth Warren's a little bit as well. But these four right now, it is very fluid. Um, impeachment has has chloroformed the room it's like if you opened the door you would realize it's a zero it's a zero oxygen room i couldn't breathe in here it it, there's it's made everything stale so i would take all polling numbers and everything else and i would not listen to any of that until about a week from now i will tell you that you know the the bloomberg register iowa poll has been pretty good over the years that's ann seltzer's group i think she's actually with cnn now they actually called me yesterday so I'm worried about how tight their uh, turnout numbers are if they're calling me for a Democratic <laughs> poll. OK, but I would I would wait and see what their numbers show. And then I would wait for this last debate before the caucuses. And if I could just throw in one more thing, too. This is this is I mean, February 3rd. We don't know what the weather's going to be like. So let's say there's a massive ice storm and rural Iowans can't get to their caucus site. But a bunch of campus feminists can just walk across the quad at Iowa, Iowa State, Grinnell, etc., that could make a huge difference where this is concerned. And then, Glenn, something your audience needs to know is the way that the Iowa caucuses are structured in the Democratic side is different than in the Republican side. You know, you're not going to get four, five, six candidates with 2% on the Democratic side. They're going to have a straw poll for relevancy right away. And they get in that room, you know, 10 years ago in the 08 caucuses when it was open on both ends. My caucus site, we shared a, a, a site with the Democrats in the, in, the, in the hall over us. We could not hear ourselves think. It was like a labor rally. And so they get into that room and the emotion and the, and the ethos begins and the id starts to flow and, and there's wide swings of opinions and college girls start bringing their, their moms and grandmas and say, don't you want to vote for Elizabeth Warren? Uh, I, I think, you know, that creates a very fluid environment. I do think we know who the top four are going to be. I think, though, knowing the order is tough. And keep in mind, not since 19, 1988 was the last time there was a contested Democratic caucus that the winner of the Iowa caucuses did not win the the nomination. So anyone who tells you Iowa doesn't matter just doesn't know history or they're just not telling you the truth.
0: So what are the Iowans waiting for? What are they looking for uh, that would be game-changing in the next couple of weeks?
3: This is really all about there's one issue that is paramount. Who can defeat Donald Trump? The problem is, while that you would think, and we've seen, you've seen this in the Republican Party in the past. Well, we, anybody but Obama. But the problem is, there's not an agreement on what that looks like. Does a technocrat who, who doesn't address divisive issues and gives you a reassuring persona like a Mitt Romney, does that beat Barack Obama? Does putting Mitt Romney or Barack Obama on a national stage to have a, a worldview clash like a Rick Santorum or a Newt Gingrich, does that do it? And so there's the same arguments happening in the Democratic side. I know it sounds nuts to us, but if you follow their media and their Twitter, they think the reason they're losing to him is they're not nasty enough and they don't lie as much. Um, And (laughs) and so there's that there's that debate that is and I know Stu follows that, so I'm sure he can verify that for me. So there's that whole debate. And then there's the debate of we need a mainstream American source. All right. And so, you know, there's that that's that's actually what Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg are both running for that. Pete Buttigieg never, ever mentions homosexuality in his ads here. Um, he doesn't he come across as any kind of activist, no effeminacy or anything of that nature. He talks about being a soldier, a mayor of a small town in a red state. And so he is he is he he has kind of uh, eaten into some of Joe Biden's support with that crowd as well. Do you
1: think that there are the, a the couple of narratives that come out of this, at least in the political media, is one the caucus sort of situation you talked about earlier that's raucous and really you know has passionate supporters is a big indicator of potential upside for Bernie Sanders and that you get into mm-hmm. the room where it looks like Warren's finishing third or fourth and those Sanders people are going to bring the Warren people over to Sanders at the last minute and that you know with his fundraising numbers he's doing well in New Hampshire there's a good pull for him today that I mean there is a path here for Bernie Sanders to be the nominee do you buy into that?
3: I do, and I didn't a few months ago. His, it, it, I know it sounds uh, morbid, but we started off talking about Joe Biden's competency, so let's just go ahead and, you know, and, and round third while we're at it here. But his candidacy has taken off since his heart attack. He was dead in the water. He was polling single digits in Iowa, single digits nationally. He was behind Elizabeth Warren in New Hampshire. Um, his his heart attack has has has. If you go back and look at where where his metrics were pre that event to where they have been since, there's no question that that has been a galvanizing moment. Now, so you have if, if, to ask yourself, what the
0: hell is wrong with people? I mean, yeah, a, I a, a heart attack in an old guy, hmm, Ronald Reagan yeah. even. I mean, that is not uh, good news for somebody who's walking into a very high-stress job.
3: No, but I think it. I think for his base, it sort of coalesced them that, hey, we've got a window of opportunity to go full Soviet. We can't lose this. That was number one. And then and, and then and then, number two is Elizabeth Warren made the mistake of being honest. Well, as honest as she was willing to be. I know she was the clear frontrunner. She was getting challenged. Hey, show your work on your Medicare for all plan. And like the true Wellesley College for Women dean of faculty she's always wanted to be, she thought, you bet, I'll put this all in a white paper and convince you that my one-size-fits-all plan that you hated about Obamacare – Supersizing it, you'll like it even more. And and even though it's what a lot of Democrats believe, it was a politically amateurish move. And I think it made a lot of people that thought, hey, maybe she could beat Trump. Think if she's going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe at the first, at, if she's going to answer the first booty political booty call here, then she can't lie well enough to do this gig. She's just she's just too much of a true believer. And I think that has that crushed her numbers because she had really eaten into a lot of Sanders numbers. She was kind of his. Softer side of Sears, and when she showed that she could not match up uh, politically with with what they thought was going to be necessary to win, she's imploded. Bernie has risen, and then you've and now you've got Buttigieg and Biden fighting to be this more mainline candidate. You've got this Amy Klobuchar, who uh, from Minnesota, it's a neighboring state who's not going to win here but if you get into that room and elizabeth warren or and or bernie sanders support is eaten up by the other she could maybe surprise and finish in the top three she would only be taking votes away from pete Buttigieg and joe biden so that's why i think this thing is very very fluid and i would caution anybody to make any dramatic pronouncements here until we get another week okay,
0: w- with that being said dramatic pronouncements i would like you to <laughs> if it were held today not not in a couple of weeks but today what would you say the landscape is?
3: If it were held today, it's going to be 50 degrees in Iowa today, and it's beautiful weather. If it would have be held today, we'd break a turnout record. that would be the highest voted in Iowa caucuses of all time by either party. And then I think it would really just come down to when we get in the room, can Bernie Sanders and or Elizabeth Warren's supporters, you know, whether it's the Soviet id versus the feminist id, what wins out there? And that's you know, that's, that's a little bit like you know uh, me asking me to forecast a, an apocalyptic event I hopefully don't want to be around here for. Mm. So I don't know the answer to that. But it would come down to if one of those two in the rooms across Iowa can, can absorb the other's support. If they can, one of those two would win. If not, then I think Pete Buttigieg would win. But I don't think it would be an impressive win for anybody right now, I think it's still very fluid. Hmm.
0: Steve, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you follow uh, Steve at Steve uh, Dace Show. You can uh, hear Steve Dace on this network, on uh, Blaze Radio and TV Network, uh, and uh, just join us at Blaze TV. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon, my friend, uh, as that. we get closer to uh, Iowa. All right. <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> let me do let, let me let me give you some unsolicited advice from uh, from an old geezer here, coming up on twenty years of marriage on uh, Wednesday. Twenty years of marriage on 20 Wednesday. Twenty years.
1: Wow. Yeah. How, why is she? Why do I you, don't. No know. one gets it.
0: Happy wife, happy life. That's why. That's why. That's my motto. That's why I'm. That's why the X chair is what she received for Christmas. Mm. She got the X chair, and she even. She was like, "Oh, and I completely forgot about that." Oh, you got it. You didn't I'm like, her for yeah, a second I not for it. a second, but she tried. Uh, and she's, she is now swiveling her way to a happy, happy day, patented dynamic variable lumbar support, 10 different settings. The X chair is what you and those around need for a comfortable day with an X chair 30 day, no questions asked guarantee of satisfaction. You have zero risk. Most companies can't make that kind of offer, but most companies are an X chair. Don't settle for less than the best. Make sure you get an X-chair today. X-chair on sale for $100, $100 off. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. $100 off at 1-844-4X-Chair or xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code BECK. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. So I was, um, in in thinking about things, sometimes I can get away and and think about things that are right, not right at the front of my face, but a little far off in the distance. And I was talking to uh, Stu today about how I think you have to start being really careful about buying cars now, because I don't think you're... good
1: advice right after I got a new one. So I appreciate that. Thank you. You're always timely with this stuff.
0: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I think I said not to buy a house right after you bought the house. Yeah, too. right after that. Yeah, yeah, you said definitely don't. Whatever yeah. you do, don't, yeah, do, don't that. do that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't do that. So here's uh, <laughs> here's here's a thought. We were talking about cars earlier. Cars are going to get harder for resale because if you look at the 19s compared to the 20s, a lot of these cars that you you used to buy. Uh, at least I used to, you'd buy the 19 in 20 because it was new. They were motivated to sell it, blah, blah, blah. And the body style really didn't change that much. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not the body styles that are changing. It's the electronics that are changing. It's the software that's changing. And really only Tesla is ups, is uh, upgrading. You know, every time there's new software, they just send it to the car. And so technology is going to is tracking out i think we're also in a period of time with houses that housing has changed if you go to california and you look at houses houses out west especially um they no longer have the formal dining room and the formal living room which none of us have used in for how many years i mean
1: thanksgiving
0: is like the time you that's it that's Mm -hmm. it um the rest of it is just wasted space Houses are changing, and I think they're changing in the same way that Victorian homes changed. You know, there was an era when everybody wanted that Victorian home, and then that era was over, and, like, nobody for a long time wanted a Victorian home. And I think that's where our homes are because technology is changing and the use of space is changing. And I have to tell you, Stu, I think I'm at the beginning of the road coming to where you have always been and that is lease lease your car lease your yeah, lease your house
1: I'm a big renting fan
0: yeah um, and which, I'm not
1: yeah I love it but uh, of course now I'm not renting so now you're telling me it's a good time to rent no I'm is not that saying what's happening I'm, right now no
0: I say we're at the beginning of this I think in 10 years time that's going to be the wave of the future because why own something it's like a phone You know, people are leasing iPhones now. You have it for a year, and you trade it in for the next update. Yeah, I'm on that program, yeah. Right. Uh, Everything's changing so fast now that you kind of wonder what what is going to be permanent in 10 years.
1: What does the permanency even look like? Yeah, there's that idea where you pay a lot for quality now, and it'll last forever, and it it seems less and less less like it's real. Yeah.
2: The Glenn Beck program
0: American Financing Corporation NMLS 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org Okay, let's say you're buying a new house or you're you have a mortgage already for your house but you' you can save money because have you seen the interest rate lately? There are salary-based mortgage consultants over at American Financing that can help lower your interest rate or access cash to pay off high-interest debt, which is so important. You could save up to $1,000 or more every single month. So what has the last year been like for you? Did you pay off some debts? Did you add to your savings? Interest rates are really good right now. And if you're a responsible person financially, you might find that a 10-minute call to American Financing changes your life. It's a 10-minute phone call. Just call them now. American Financing, they're a family-owned mortgage company that has you covered coast to coast. They've been in business for 20 years, over 4,000 great Google reviews, A-plus with a BBB. Call them now, 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net.
1: You get all the latest on Iowa uh, from Steve Dace every single day on blazetv.com. Go there, get a subscription, use the promo code Glen and save 10 bucks.
0: A personal note: um, I lost a, a a friend and a an idol of mine uh, over the holiday season, uh, Don Ims. Uh, Don. Um, the last message I got from Don was August nineteenth, and it was this: it was just a picture of him, and it it said. At like the bottom. It could
1: have been taken at the wake. <laughs> no. no it, I mean, look how bad it is. I mean, that's He would have appreciated oh, that. Yes, yeah. he
0: would have. he would have. Uh, uh, and uh, all he wrote was, Glenn Beck... Uh, <laughs> Glenn Beck is my leader. <laughs> With, to which I responded, you still looking this sexy? <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> The thing is,
5: he was so brutal in his in his humor that uh, he appreciated it coming back to him. He liked it. He respected respected people who
0: who knew. uh, You know, it's like Ricky Gervais. I think Ricky Gervais is today's Don Imus. Um, You know, they're jokes. They're jokes. They're not. There's nothing more behind them. They're jokes. What's the, what's the meanest thing I can say as a joke? And if he meant it, he wouldn't have said it as a joke. He would have said it and said, no, I really mean that. Mm-hmm. This, Don had a problem with anyone who was a fraud. Don had a problem with anyone who uh, really didn't know what they believed in and, and were cowardly. Uh, and 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 that meant really even coming after him. I remember the first time I was on his show, his TV show. I was scared out of my mind because you are you're dealing with I think the brightest mind on radio. He was by far the smartest, most well-read genius mm-hmm. on on radio. Legend, I
1: mean, legend, an absolute legend,
0: legend. He is. Talk radio wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Don Imus. And sports talk radio definitely
1: wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Don Imus.
0: Right. Uh, sports talk radio wouldn't exist. Uh, Howard Stern probably wouldn't exist. No, he plays that trail for sure. I mean, Don Imus is in a category of the Hall of Fame that only really is the rarefied air of of uh, Bob Hope and uh, uh, Jack Benny. I mean, he is—he is the pioneer of radio as it's done today. Um, and no matter what anybody says, he was not a racist. He was not a racist. Uh, He—and I'm not an apologist for Tom or for Don. If there were—or yeah, Tom or Tom for that matter, yeah—For uh, Bill, if 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 he had racist tendencies. Uh, I would say something. The, the other he, thing is, he wasn't right wing either. I was reading
5: a, a column about him; short lit was pretty glowing. Other than this, uh, and it, at some section of the article, uh, the person wrote, "Was he a right wing kook?
0: Yes, but no, and he wasn't he,
5: not anything no. like right." Why would you
0: put? Why would you put Don Imus? Why would the press put Don Imus onto the the White House press? dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. During the during the Monica Lewinsky trial or shortly thereafter knowing what he was going to say <laughs> that was a terrible because, idea from the start because yeah. they thought he was a friend, a game player. He was a game player. John Don was not a game player. <laughs> uh mm. at, at any stretch when he looked at Bill Clinton and made his jokes about, you know, he'll he'll sleep with any fat chick Mm -hmm. (laughs) to his face. It was phenomenal. Uh, And he kept going. He Mm -hmm. just kept going. Crossing swords with him was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Knowing Don Imus and being able to um, uh, foster a relationship with him. I went back and I listened to some of the old things that we had done together, and I looked at some of the things that we wrote to each other. One of of the last pictures he showed, he sent to me, uh, he sent a picture of him in the hospital, and he just looked like dog crap. And and all it said was, at least I'm not fat like you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean
5: he's brilliant It's brilliant it's just brilliant just brilliant and he,
4: (laughs) i said something
0: to him like in my i went on the air with him Uh, and i did not know i knew he was he was saying this guy's crazy this guy's absolutely out of his mind crazy um and so when i went on to his show i knew don respects i think don respects people who are smart and can cross swords with him and hold their own. And I could be just as sarcastic and dark as Don could be any day. And uh, so I decided to really go after him. And I don't remember what it was, but I remember we went into the break and they held me and they went into a break and he looked at me and this is how much of a racist he was. (laughs) He looked at me and he smiled and I said, how was that? And he said, I was good. And then he looked down and he said, I know you're interested in Native American history and I said uh, y- yes and he said there's a book that you'll really appreciate and he told me about a book I can't remember what it was now I have it in my library and he said any thoughts of we were the good guys there it'll be it'll all be dispelled when you read this and I said oh okay I'll read it and I did It showed to me how deep of a thinker he was, how much he knew who his guests were, uh, and how not racist he was. And then we got back on the air and hammered each other some more. And... In my first or second email, I think it was maybe my first. I made the joke about how Deidre, his wife, wanted him to die before he burned through all of the cash, <laughs> and uh, and I felt I sent it, and it was one of it. It oh, wasn't man. that nice. It was really. I uh, do remember
1: this. It was much yeah. meaner than what it, you just described. Yeah, it yeah. was
0: really mean, and uh, <laughs> I felt so bad. After I sent it, and I thought, what if I didn't put a smiley face? He'd kill you if you put a smiley face. Right. And I can't put a smiley face. Uh, what if he... So I wrote to him before he wrote back, and I said, hey, Don, just I just want you to know I was joking in the last... He wrote back, and he said, you and I will not be friends if you ever write something like that to me again. <laughs> if you don't think yeah. I can take a joke and know what a joke is from you, we're not going to be friends.
1: Yeah, it was and the so, only thing that you ever did that pissed him yeah, off.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because he knew what a joke was. right? And Ricky Gervais knows what... Do you know how many times he said at the beginning of his, his oh, uh, Golden he, Globes, it's yeah. just a joke. Mm-hmm. He it's set just it all up at the very beginning. Yeah. And took himself down first right. before he took anybody else down. Right. And he's like, I don't care. I just don't care. And that mm-hmm. was Don Imus. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you something. The the rest of the story. You've probably heard me tell the story before. Uh, that I was sitting in Roger Ailes office and Roger said to me and I don't know if I revealed that it was Roger Ailes that said this on the air um, but uh, Roger Ailes said to me you know what your problem is you won't play the game and I said "Mm, no no I no, I won't and uh, he said that's the problem look do you not think I knew what Al Sharpton wanted now, what what he was talking about was Don Imus. He said, "Do you not think that that Al Sharpton called me before he sent a busload of people over here to picket against Don Imus? Did he? Did you not think that we had already negotiated what was how this was going to end? He just needed a pound of flesh. He wanted Don's pound of flesh, so I gave it to him." And someday I'll get a pound of flesh from him. That's the way it works. I knew that. NBC knew that. We all know that. But Don wasn't a game player either. And Don refused to play the game. That should be a badge of honor. That should be be in his obituary. That's what people should be talking about. Not the lie that he was a racist. He wasn't. That was something that was perpetrated on him to destroy him because he wouldn't play the game. As soon as everything became about politics and have to be about choosing sides, Don didn't choose sides. John Don, first of all, always chose funny. Don't Cut funny. There isn't anyone in within the sound of my voice... Uh, m- maybe, perhaps, two comedians that refuse to cut funny. That used to be the deal. We all knew it was a joke. Get over it. Even Ricky Gervais said last night... Uh, going into the Golden Globes, he said, yeah, well, I've turned everything over to the attorneys because I don't want to be sued for anything. So he had to run everything through the NBC attorneys so nobody in the room would sue him. It's a joke. I was surprised at how hard... I knew it would be a hard day, and I'm glad I wasn't on the air for a couple of days after I heard about Don, because I wouldn't have been able to keep my composure. <clears throat> I lost a friend, I lost a childhood idol and hero. And this industry lost one of the greatest minds to ever be on public airwaves. I've never done this before. But when I found out... from an email from Pat I couldn't really even speak to my own family for a while and so I went out in the dark and in the cold and lowered my flag because I think America also lost somebody who no matter how he voted or what he believed was the best politician. He was an American, an American original an American that always stood and said the truth no matter the cost.
1: Thanks, Pat.
5: And what's Doris Kearns Goodwin going to do now? I mean, where does she go?
1: Where's where Kiki Friedman
5: know. now? I don't know. And
1: it, it sucks that he's dead, but at least he's not fat like you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Got that going He would have hated everything I just said. Oh, gosh. He would have hated would have ever everything,
0: everything I just said. Mm-hmm. He would have loved it if I I roasted him uh, and uh, maybe someday done. No, don't give him what he wants. Don't give him what he wants. <laughs> He's not going to win. No. In the end. <laughs> Damn him. Uh, all right. By the way, I wrote to uh, Deirdre. And um, I would ask you that you would keep his family in prayers for this reason. And hopefully it's all over now. But I can't imagine being married to a man like that in multiple ways. <laughs> um, but um, knowing who he really was and and then seeing how he was remembered by the press after a lifetime of goodness and a lifetime of laughs. and a li- I mean, he had his problems and he admitted all of those mm. problems. But uh, to be remembered the way the press tried to paint him uh had to be hard. And I would just ask you would keep uh his family in, in their prayers. Even though her diet in the end is what killed him. But at least <laughs> she has the cash. Somewhere somewhere in the it had US had to end that way, didn't it? It had mm-hmm. to. Uh somewhere in the US every twenty three seconds, someone breaks into a house and commits burglary. Just happened a few seconds ago and it's gonna happen again in a few seconds. And only one in five houses has security. And and that's because these security companies make it impossible. They're irritating salespeople, the complicated installation, bad contracts, giant monthly fees. But that's not the case with Simply Safe. There is no contract. There are no hidden fees. Prices start at $15 a month for the monitoring. Now, right now is your last chance to get 25% off an arsenal of sensors and cameras covering every inch of your home. It used to be expensive, and then it got cheap, but the the, uh, burglar alarm companies just kept that expensive price up and expected you to believe that this is what it really cost. No, it really doesn't cost that much. Now, get 25% off everything that you need to protect your home. There's no contract, no hidden fees. And in the event of a break-in, Safe has real-time video confirmation that gives police a chance to respond three and a half times faster than with all other home security systems. Now, this sale ends tomorrow at SimplySafeBeck.com. 25% off SimplySafeBeck.com.
2: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: Today we're going to tell you the truth about everything you need to know about the guy we killed in Baghdad and what's coming with Iran. And it's definitely has it definitely has nothing to do with a draft. We'll explain tonight, five o'clock on Blaze TV.